Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've never watched Smash. Oh my god! Can we do a live reaction to Hugh? Maybe <laughs> a separate podcast. <laughs> that would be the most boring, <laughs> just audio media of me just verbally like, reacting、huh. to like, haha,、hmm. and a bunch of silent with like smash in the background. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. with with me screaming and singing everything. <laughs> Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with eggnog and etudes. Etudes, etudes, dude. <laughs> Great. Wee、oui, wee,、oui, mon ami. Baguette. Mon ami.、Uh, what are you drinking today, Thomas?、Uh, today I am drinking a nice, cozy glass of spiced eggnog. That's not true. I hate eggnog. I've never had eggnog. Really, it's not good. It's got egg in it. It's just—is it just egg? It's—I think it's like egg white and rum, maybe. I don't actually. So it's alcoholic because you can get it in it, a carton. You can、Am、get、I、it、right、non-alcoholic, but traditionally, I think it's served with、um, bourbon. That's what it is. It's, okay. It's like a bunch of milk and cream, nutmeg, egg. I can't、mm-hmm. remember whether it's egg white or egg yolk, and then bourbon. Okay, delicious. Yeah, raw so, like, egg. Raw egg. <sighs> But like so, like an eggnog latte because I've had one of them and that just tastes like milk. Yeah, that's、uh, really I, mostly and like nutmeg probably. Yeah,、uh-huh. yeah. So that isn't got egg. That's not got like. I, I doubt it if you're ordering、okay. it at Starbucks. Starbucks. Okay. Cool. <laughs> what what、um, are you drinking? At Coco. In a in a it's got festive, cinnamon on the top and there's a cinnamon festive stick. Festive holiday mug. Yeah, there's holly coming out of it. There's、it's, snow on top. Like there's、um, a tiny little Santa Claus sitting on the rim of the cup. He's just ice skating around the rim. It's cute. <laughs> it's really cute right now. There's jingle bells somewhere. It's bad.、Mm. Um, it's Christmas. It's Christmas.、Hooray. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays to everyone else. Happy、exactly. winter time, solstice, the Hanukkah stuff. We're gonna talk、yeah. about Christmas today. Exactly.、Um, so we had a question for you. We did. That relates. To the holidays, hooray! <laughs>、um, and it was which musical contains Broadway's premier prosthetic kickline? I thought this was a great question. Absolutely, it's a great moment. It is a Christmas story.
Christmas Story is by Pesek and Paul. Music Pesek and, and Paul. lyrics. A the whole Broadway's dynamic duo. Exactly. Um, and we'll, we'll get on to talking about them in a bit because this is their first Pesek and Paul moment. It is. I'm Last surprised. Last time was it their first R&H. Yeah. 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 Um, and this musical, it opened on Broadway in 2012. And it's based on the at least cult classic American movie, A Christmas Story, which I bet you if you're in the States right now and turned on your TV, you <laughs> won't have to flip more than three channels to find someone find playing it. it. Yeah. And if you're in the UK, good luck to you. <laughs> uh, it, so it had a few awards, like some drama desks, uh, a yeah. couple of Tony noms, but it won nothing. No, no Tony wins. Uh, squat. This was that Matilda Kinky Boots year we were talking about last yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It was a tough year. It was a tough year. It was a tough, tough year, year for a Christmas story, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get on to that in a bit. So what's, um, this, what's this musical about, Jimmy? Well, A Christmas Story uh, is about a little boy called Ralphie. Mm-hmm. Um, who lives in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, and he really, really wants uh, a BB gun, a Red Raider carbine action BB gun with a compass on the stock and this, and thing, this thing that tells, that tells time. time. Um, and he wants this for Christmas, and so he's, it's basically the the whole the whole story is about him trying to hint to his parents that this yeah. is what he wants. And it, um, it's it's like the prototypical childhood saga of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. One, you set like, your sights on something. How yep. am I going to get there? Um, you you want a thing, how you ask Santa for it, you know, how you tell the people in your life that you want it, and then how you make sure you don't get in trouble and get put on the naughty list exactly. between that time exactly. and but, Christmas. But, you know, it's, it's a caper, so, it, you know, <laughs> lots of stuff happens. There's lamps. There's there lamps, are dogs. There's frozen there's, poles. There's a, a crotchety old mall Santa. There's duck. <laughs> there's duck <laughs> something for everyone um so yeah it's just it's just a lot of good fun and Pesek and paul turned it into um a musical yeah thankfully um so obviously it only had a limited run mm-hmm. um this is this is the problem with christmas shows i know you can't know. do them all year and like it's real. this is what i think is so interesting versus so uh, a Christmas Story, the movie, which we might talk in more detail. Yeah. About, um, is, was not a big hit when it first came out. Um, it wasn't, it didn't flop by any means, but it yeah. was just kind of okay. But has become this cult classic because it is a Christmas movie. And at least in America, those get played on TV for months like ABC Family has the 25 days before the 25 days of Christmas movie countdown. Legitimately, that's a thing in America. <laughs> um, where like the 25 days before Christmas, they start playing Christmas movies to count down to the 25 days, like in November, <laughs> before oh Thanksgiving. Um, and it means everything gets generalized as a Christmas movie, including the entire Harry Potter saga. Like, right. This is, and so if your movie is legitimately a Christmas movie, it will get played on TV over and over and over again. And how much more Christmassy can you get than a Christmas story? Exactly. It's in the clues in the title, my friend. Yeah. But then, Christmas. Con- conversely, because of the differences between productions of movies and productions of musicals, you can't <laughs> get that same kind of success with a musical. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because... Um, on the West End, mm-hmm. we we always kind of churn out something. Yeah. Um, so I think Elf is back, maybe? Yeah. It's been back a couple of times. Yeah. I, mean, um, I, I think Broadway does that too, with whether it's The Grinch or Elf 
or whatever that Rudolph abomination is that's going around now. Yeah. Um, and White Christmas, we had a really successful White Christmas. What is it now? Holiday Inn is Holiday kind of filling Inn. that niche that's, right now. Yeah, that's the Christmas niche, yeah. I guess. Um, and so it's such an interesting little thing because yeah. it's not like the the musicals are just like, oh, 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 churned out, push it right. out. Like this went through all the motions of yeah. a of big like, Broadway musical. It had a huge existence mm-hmm. um, regionally yeah. um, before Broadway. It's went through um, multiple incarnations. I think it was an originally written um, by someone completely different. <laughs> um, it was, uh, let's see, uh, written by Scott Davenport Richards. Um oh. And the book was by Joseph Robinette, who I think wrote the book for this one as well. So it was just the music. Just um, the that music was different. changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that some, they, you know, they some things. They rebooted the whole thing. And then, yeah, Pace and Paul were brought on board to to, to finish it or to yeah. redo it, basically. To redo it, yeah. Um, and I've read, so apparently Pace and Paul, they didn't even you know, hear anything from the old one. So I imagine they're they're truly different. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's that's kind of its history. Yeah. Um and where it stands now. So let's talk a little bit about uh the adaptation from the movie and we'll talk a wee bit about mm. the movie. Um yeah. so I've only just watched it for the first because So well tell me what you think. <laughs> tell me because you've never seen a Christmas story. No, absolutely not. It's, it's I mean I I loved it obviously because it's, uh-huh. it's my kind of film. Like oh, it reminds absolutely. me a lot of like um The Little Rascals. Which mm. I don't think you've seen. I think we've talked about this before. I've not seen The Little Rascals. Which also for what it's worth, I have never watched a Christmas story all the way through. My experience of a Christmas story is like most Americans. I've seen it in 10 minute chunks on television <laughs> out of order over okay. the course of my whole lifetime. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I I love it. And it's just a classic yeah. Christmas cape. You know what I mean? Caper. Yeah. It's like Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's all those things. It's, um, it's so much fun. But so you were saying it doesn't get played in the UK. At all. Like, literally, I've never... Until the musical, uh-huh. I've never heard of it. That's, um, so, do they play Christmas movies on television around Christmas time? We don't celebrate Christmas here. We don't have any joy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, it's because you guys yeah. never sell the Nina the Pinta, the Santa Maria. Like, that's just not part of your... Exactly. It's just not in our, in our thing. No, it's... Um, yeah, no, of course we do. Yeah, we have Christmas, we have Christmas films. Like, there's not really any, like... Well, it probably is, but I can't think. But like, I'm, I'm expecting films? you to like come up with some super British sounding, like you know, <laughs> Bumpo the magical Christmas chestnut, exactly. Like <laughs> Joey the Stew's hijinks <laughs> through London town in the snow. <laughs> Pip pop cheerio, a Christmas exactly. story. Um, <laughs> but no, like musicals, I associate or not music movies, I associate with Christmas would uh-huh. be um, things like Mary Poppins or like. Really? Yeah, like Brave Little Toaster, that's a big, always gets turned out. Um, but then we've got ones that like little book adaptations that we've made. So a big uh-huh. classic British one is The Snowman. The Snow is, oh, we're walking through the That air. one, yeah. Uh-huh. So that's like, the- yeah, that is Christmas. Christmas doesn't begin until you see that. And then that's Christmas is started I, for I, you. I think that's a little too high art and slow paced for American <laughs> yeah, exactly. audiences. Hand illustrated movie. <laughs> yeah, please, exactly. No, um, no words. 
But we also have things like Wallace and Gromit. Did you ever get Wallace? Did you get Wallace? Yeah, and Gromit? we get Wallace and Gromit. It's crazy to me though, because none of these are about Christmas. They're yeah, just exactly, exactly. Like, our Christmas movies are like there are all sorts of stupid Disney churned out ones. You know, yeah. like, the dog that saved Christmas and yeah. like a Christmas miracle. And then we've got what? Like, do you have the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Yeah, uh, but again, that like, was back in its day, like when it was out. Like it was, it was yeah. done. But we don't really see as much of it now. Yeah. I mean, um, those—that's the sort of stuff they play around Christmas. You know, Ernest saves Christmas, and like, yeah, all these sort of like really, really. Oh, I want to say like Home Alone. I mean, like that. Yeah, you know, we get all the movie. the classics. Yeah, Muppets Christmas true. Carol. Yeah, the cla- You know, what I mean. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like loads of oldies. We get loads mm-hmm. of old. So like, Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Or do you guys have like the the Rankin and Bass Christmas specials with like the stop motion animated felt no, Rudolph? No, no. And... I just was introduced to them by you the last like last year. Uh, okay. When you did yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. Podcast. Um. No, we don't have anything like that. Um, yeah, we do. There's we do like our own like claymation stuff quite a lot. Like there's um, Rodney the reindeer, he gets turned out. Um, Olive the reindeer, like all of the other reindeer, I think she's called. Um, <laughs> These are things you made up. These don't exist. No, they do. They absolutely <laughs> do. Um, and yeah, so that's that's our our Christmas. But a Christmas story has yes. never. I've literally never seen, and I, when I was young, I was a like I made a schedule of like the like the whole of the Christmas season of this is what I'll be watching this day so I could record them all on VCR. <laughs> uh-huh. so like, and Christmas Story never cropped up, ever. So Until yeah, now. The first time I watched it was yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, I absolutely loved it. And it is, I was surprised at how, um, uh, how much the musical stuck to oh, the yeah. film. It is, it, I mean, it is a faithful, faithful adaptation to the word. Absolutely, and it's it's so interesting because I guess it, it it makes sense now having seen the film because there's lots of little like like I was saying about like Charlie Brown Christmas special it almost feels mm. like little skits yeah tied yeah. together yeah um, well and I mean I think that harkens back to the source material I've never read in God We Trust All Others Pay Cash mm-hmm. um, which is the one of the semi autobiographical books it's based upon yeah um, but it, it it's it seems very short story like vignette driven and the you know they took the structure even just having the narrator both in the movie and the musical yeah of this you know adult man looking back on his childhood yeah um and it's i think it just works so well because i love the musical i absolutely love the musical um because i I tuned into it when um it was released in 2012 Mm mm-hmm as part of the season, because I'd already earmarked Pace and Paul as someone I liked. So I was yep. like, oh, this would be as, interesting. As most of Broadway had been doing for about six years. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, it, it, I was just so impressed by it because it, it felt it felt huge. And that's why I was so surprised by the fact that it's a limited run. Yeah. Because the, the orchestration and the work that's gone into mm-hmm. it. Must be so expensive, right? Well, and this is this is what baffles me about it. Like most, so this is this is ripe pickings for just being a money grab, uh, culture flash in the pan style musical. Like mm-hmm. this is well on its way to being Shrek. Anyone who's going to see the musical is only going because they've seen the movie, yeah. and it's still written that way. Like mm-hmm. y- it's advertised that way. Like oh, and then he's gonna get the lamp, and then he's gonna say fragile, and then you know we're uh-huh. gonna do this joke, and then that yeah. joke's gonna happen, and like ha ha, I recognize that. In the same way, like spam a lot's written that way. Yeah. Um, but it does. It doesn't fall into that trap of 
a movie adaptation musical. Like it is still unique and special and adds another layer to the story while still being extremely faithful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's one of those, it, I think it's testament to the fact that I'd never seen, heard of, knew anything about the film mm-hmm. that I was able to love the musical as its own. It worked as a standalone yeah. piece. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I was able to see all of the things just through, I guess, the cast recording and various clips yep. alone, which I think is brilliant. That's, yeah. that's and, a pretty impressive and of thing. And course, of course it works as a musical because it's like this slightly stereotyped caricature of Midwest American 1930s, 40s life. Yeah. Like, that absolutely lends itself to breaking out in a song, which this musical takes advantage of all the way through. <laughs> completely, completely. It's just so fun. Now, yeah. you've written here... Um, the, the Peel Method of Exposition. Oh, I love I think this. this is time for Lectures with Tommy. So I love Take this. it away. This is the way to do exposition in the art you're making. Um, I had, this is not, the the Peel Method is not something I invented. It's something that was described to me by a high school English teacher. So like, All right, okay. this is an old, old concept. But if you imagine the, the generic movie you're about to watch, and it starts with a shot of Earth, and then from Earth... It zooms in to the country where the thing takes place. And then from the country, Google Maps style, it zooms down into the city and then slowly zooms down into the house and then flies through the open window where you meet your main character. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it zooms back out to the city where the whole story takes place. Okay. That is what the exposition of A Christmas Story, the musical, does. It starts with, um, you know, this kind of over like overarching look of what the time period is like and you know what this household is like and then zooms into Ralphie and that he wants this Red Rider carbine action BB gun and then zooms back out to it all comes down to Christmas like you yeah. see it in the structure it all yeah. comes down to Christmas Red Rider carbine action BB gun and then a reprise it all comes down to uh-huh. Christmas and it is such a great way to cover all your exposition in a really, really tiny amount of time. If you look for this in other musicals, you'll see it all the time. Into the Woods does this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can think of other examples, I'm sure. Uh, even just Downtown in uh, Little Shop of Horrors does this. Yep. It starts with Downtown. You live Downtown. This is the place we live. You live Downtown. Then halfway through for what is basically the middle eight, you get poor all my life. I've always been poor. We uh-huh. get the exposition of Seymour and Audrey. And then we zoom back out. So I live Downtown. And like this, this is everywhere. And... You know, if you're out there writing your musical, it's a it's a good crutch to start on because it works yeah, really definitely. really well. And yeah, it's and not. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It, I was gonna say it doesn't feel hokey. It doesn't feel like oh, turning this again because it just right. works. It, it, it's good. It's it's yeah. great for an audience member. Yeah. Um, to have because yeah. it just it leads you exactly where you need to go. Yep. And like once I feel like I feel this way about all kinds of artistic. Um, expression once once you acknowledge that there are some of these kind of set structures that just exist and are just useful and you know don't take them as cheats just Mm -hmm. take them as like the way we write art yes so much easier to embrace and talk about and think about art like this absolutely you know the the location person location pattern of exposition is in everything you Mm -hmm. you see it in movies you see it in books it's all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's there for a reason. That's you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason being that it works. Yeah, um, and ov- obviously, you know, p- people can 
go against it and that also can work right. but it's just but a really it, nice way especially i think see when you've got a story like this mm-hmm. which is a proper story yeah do you know what i mean yeah, um yeah. with lots of different characters lots of colorful moments yep. you need you almost need that little anchor yep exactly <coughs> well and like it says you know where where this is a, a, a long story based on a bunch of vignettes mm-hmm. you have to tell us which one is the important one yeah and the important one is the bb gun yeah and exactly so, we start by zooming in directly on that. And certainly a lot happens in between, the leg lamp, the dogs, the pole, the Santa. But the BB gun is the one that's going to start us and end us and carry us through. Totally. And like, just, they're not, you know, they're not, they're very deliberately hiding their big flashing neon sign that says, this one, this one right here. You know, it's not a baseball bat over the head, but by no means are they leaving you in the dark either. Yeah, exactly. And it allows you just to enjoy all the different moments because they're all so fun. You know, yeah. I mean, almost like every number is is its own little vignette and they all they're all great they're all great and they all do none of of them are unnecessary nothing doesn't relate to the final plot but it is not as intertwined as something like you know uh into the woods or Uh uh-huh you know oh they're kind of sondheimy style contemporary musical theater yeah yeah yeah, there there are there are just worth there are things in the show we just do because they're fun yeah, completely, completely. One of the things I really, really love about the musical um, that isn't as prominent in the in the film is mm. um, the kind of uh, mother's narrative. Yeah, I think you know I mean? her, her character, kind of, of all the characters, hers was the most fleshed out between, yeah. on the journey from screen to stage. Definitely. And it was it was just really, really nice because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for a family thing. Do you yeah. mean anything about family and I'll, you'll have me? Um, <laughs> and... You know, whether it's what a mother does or just like that, her two big songs, yep. um, they're just great. They're just they're perfect songs about being a mother and what motherhood yeah means. And they're and they're, they're simple but not simplistic. Like, yeah, yeah, and they're, they're not pa- they're not patronizing. It's yeah. not like um, I can't think. Cause I'm not a writer, but it, you right. know, I mean, they're they're just very nice. I'm eating a chocolate. I just realized that's really rude. I'm just so casual and relaxed. It's the holidays. I'm just eating a chocolate. Sorry. Um, but no, it's just, it's really, really, really nice, particularly um, what a mother does. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not, I mean, let's go and let's do our social political justice right now. Um, and I think, so, kind of on the surface, you could think, oh, it's, you know, anti feminist and. Right. Um, I would say the movie is a little anti feminist. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, and just I think more so just because the 30s and 40s were a little anti-feminist. Well, when when was the movie actually made? The movie was made later. The movie was much later. I mean, it came out in '83. Right. Um, okay. But it's set in the 30s and 40s, and it mm-hmm. is, you know it's an accurate representation, I think, of kind of what the the husband wife dynamic was. Yeah. Accurate and charactered. I think that's the thing because, like, if you think about like the dinner scene where, um, you know, every second she sits down, she has to go back up and and get. Yeah. the rest of the food and things like that um it, i think the the they're showing off the fact that this is silly do you know what yeah, i mean and the exactly. fact that no one's questioning it right including her um right. and so in the musical they take that mm-hmm. and then it, it kind of highlight it as like you know i'm doing this because i love my children um and i love my family and i want people to be happy and i get a lot of happiness from seeing them yeah happy yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and I think that's really sweet. I don't think that's that's a a, a kind of moment that hasn't been explored in musical theater. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's nice to see a 
you know, a, a middle of the road family. Like this, a Christmas story is, you know, we're in like Roseanne territory as far as situations yeah, totally. are concerned. Like certainly not down and out, seriously broken family, but like not everything is hugs and kisses. Yeah. But it's all, you know, it all still has a happy ending. It's very, I think I wrote this further down, but there's, it's, it's very American dream. It's very like, you know, there's, there's some real core USA yeah. values going on. Yeah, it's here, very, it's very like Midwest, I would imagine. Oh, it's so Midwest. Oh my I mean? god, I love how Midwest it is. Because, because I think if you if you think about stories like, because obviously ninety percent of Christmas stories are set in New York yes. for whatever reason. Well, um, just the ones you see, because New York is the only American city that matters across that the exists. Ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> And all all of the families there are like parents don't believe in Christmas anymore or are too stressed out. Um, yeah. But by the end of the film, are converted and everyone's happy again. Yeah. Whereas, like, what I love about this is it's like you know, Christmas is just a staple, and they're just a family who all loves Christmas and has a nice yep. time and celebrates together. I'm like, yep. well, that's a really nice way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I mean, this is Northwest Indiana, where this takes place, is basically a suburb of Chicago. Right. This is only a stone's throw away of where I would have grown up had I been born in the 30s. Um, right, okay. And there's, there I is... I think you were, Tommy. I think you've got an air <laughs> of that around you. <laughs> it's because of my uh, cardigan sweaters and... Little bow ties and horn Yeah, bow ties and soda shops. Um. Exactly. I must say, though, Ralphie, very fashionable. Do you know what Very, I mean? If he was well, around I mean, nowadays, man, my we goodness. didn't write it down, but child actors, both in the movie and the musical, just knock it out. I know. It's... Like if we didn't, if we if we didn't bring it up enough in Matilda, like yeah. bloody hell, this is just part two of that. You know, ch- yeah. children in 2012. There was something, something, something in the water that year. Something in the water. They're like tiny little but adults. It's almost nearly getting close. Counting down the clock. He said, "Don't know how, don't know who, but all." Stop with a compass. Red, red carbine, actually. Well, if we're talking about kids first, let's talk about Johnny Rabe or Rabbi mm. Reeb. I don't know. Ralphie, um, the kid who plays Ralphie. Ralphie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the kids that plays Ralphie. I think he had an alternate, but this was the yeah. main one. Yeah. Um, did you know he's crazy? Well, not crazy, but like. Um, Mad? No, not mad. That is, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just baffling. Baffling, that's what I'm trying to say. What makes him baffling? I did not know this. So, well, first of all, he's extremely talented. I think he's an I, amazing singer. I believe that. Because, you know, again, we kind of brought this up in, in Matilda, but you do kind of like, you seize up when you think, oh my God, chilled singers. And if you think of uh, like the Annie movie, for example, uh-huh. where you've got uh-huh. a lot of like twang. Um, right. This boy is fantastic. It's yeah. a marvel. It's so listenable. Um, yeah. And his top notes are sensational. Yeah. Um, but so he is also just like, it's as if he's a 40 year old, has been working in the industry f- for all of his life and is completely grounded and level headed and fantastic. That's amazing. Well, and he, that's, I mean, that's what the show needs too. It yeah. needs to be like a tiny little adult trapped yeah. in his body. Very, very true. Um, but he's so, he's so fantastic. So I read this interview mm-hmm. um, where he was talking about how he's just produced his first show. What? Uh huh. Called Eclipsed. And he's 15 years old. And <laughs> the interview, it talks about, like, um, you know, his experiences on Broadway. Uh-huh. And he's so level-headed about it. He's, like, giving advice. He's like, 
you know, for child actors, I think it's so important to make sure you've got an anchor there. You know, for me, it was my mom, and it was great to have her there. And I'm like, it's as if he's like 30 looking back on the time yeah. he was a child actor and being like, God, it was so great to have him. He's like doing this now. He's been That's like, it's crazy. really important to have this. Um, so he's produced a show and he's talking about um, he gets a lot more uh, of a buzz from producing than. Uh, and from, from acting, from acting, I'm like, if he's Dean May, man, he's gonna <laughs> be the up. next. He's gonna be the next Ron Howard, the Ron Howard of Broadway. Definitely. I mean, he's got that. He's got that vibe about him. That, and he was, yeah. oh my god, he was talking about like his advice for for child actors that, um, you know, it's important to kind of broaden your horizons and don't just focus yourself in on acting. Look at directing. Look at producing. Stage management. There's so much <laughs> you can do. He's like, I'm a big fan of it. I know, it's like, I'm a big fan of English and history and I remember I went to go see uh, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder and there was this moment where someone fell off the roof and I was like, oh, that's a reference to uh, something. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do you, what are you? What, what, is, what are you? Uh, I'm children are baffling. Child. Exactly. So he's great. And that's also, awesome. I just think, um, on the cash card, he's a fantastic vocalist. He's so good. Like it it makes sense. I didn't I didn't even think that he would have an alternate and mm. I don't know why because of course the kid actors you have to have people but it makes sense why he has an alternate and it's not like Matilda's where it's a rotating gang. Of yeah, they're four. rotating exactly. Um cuz like yeah, I don't know what the age is where you can stay on the stage or just be, do you know what I mean? That's good. Um, I I don't know if it's an age I think it's uh, no, I don't know. Anything I say will be wrong. Tell us. Tell yeah, us what exactly. the limitations Let us know. are. <laughs> Johnny, phone up. You're very <laughs> mature. We like you. Um, but, you know, it's so, so impressive. And, like, I just think that end note at the yeah. end of Red Raider Carbon Action BB Gun, like, that, I, I it's still beautiful. Can't I can't. Fathom. I can't sing that note that well. Like, no. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I definitely, but I know a lot of Broadway actors that also can't sing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a 15 year old boy. Yeah. Uh, and like such a such a I mean even in comparison to something like Matilda this is an active exhausting show. Absolutely. You know, in Matilda the kids get breaks from time to time. There are adults only scenes. Mm-hmm. In this musical it's it's pretty much Ralphie all the way through. Definitely. Def- and like even in even when it is like the adult thing so in something like Genius on Cleveland Street. Yeah. No, is that the right one? No, major award. Major with award. The, with the kick line. The yeah. kids are still involved. They're still dancing the away. Yep. Like they don't get a break because a lot of the time they do the kind of fun children playing adults and right. you know welcome to kids world and things like that. Um, and they're always there and they're always, they're always full there. of energy. Yeah, um, That's baffling amounts of energy. So impressive, like how they were able to find all of these kids for that year. For that year, yeah, there must have been no kids. Is what is what does NPH say? Like, is there some Broadway daycare where you all go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, but there has to be because there has it to be so. Yeah. Impressive, so impressive. And <laughs> I want to just mention as well, um, Luke Spring. Uh-huh. So he, you, you remember the Tony Awards performance? Yes. Of this, um, with Caroline O'Connor, who we'll get uh-huh. to. Uh-huh, was fabulous. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> he, Luke Spring was a little mini Fred Astaire. Oh, the, the tiny little munchkin. The tiny little, kid. tiny little guy. So yeah. he's like a YouTube, I didn't realise this, he's like a YouTube sensation. What? It was on, like, So You Think You Can Dance. I don't think as a contestant, but maybe just featured. Just as, like, um, a novelty act. Yeah, and as, like, a multi-award-winning young dancer. dancer. No, everything. He's, he's, oh. He does everything. But tap, I think, is his flavor. That's um, great. And just so impressive. And what yeah. a fun thing, I think. Like, So I read a couple of interviews. Apparently, um, 
he was I think it was So You Think You Can Dance or, or some kind of tour that he was doing um, mm. and his family got a call from the producers of Christmas Story being like would you want to come audition um, and the parents like well he doesn't he doesn't sing like is that right I mean it's a Broadway show and they're like it doesn't matter we want us to dance um, and so he came he came on board and it was quite tragic actually I think his um, mum uh, got diagnosed with cancer like just oh, no. as he got the role Um so he went out to New York just with his sister, who was oh, nineteen, geez. and he's oh, nine. My God. Like that's that's a movie in its own right. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I think Mum got better and um, was able to go out afterwards. But what a scary start! That's um, wow. And so yeah, when he was out, you know, just loved it and kind of bathed himself in the Broadway vibe. Naturally. Um, and then afterwards, I think was getting ready to start doing singing lessons and stuff. So. It could be a case of watch this space. Watch out for Luke Spring. You know, because remember we were saying back in Singing in the Rain, where it was like, oh, we don't have this kind of like polymathic expert dancer, singer, yeah. actor, leading man. I think it's, here he is. Just He's wait, coming. 20, what, 2035, 20 years after 2015? Give that a go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He'll be there. <laughs> He'll be winning that Tony. We're waiting for you, Luke. Um, but no, I do just want to talk about Caroline O'Connor. Uh Ah, uh, what a so, fabulous just, uh, for little minutes. bit part. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if you don't know who she is, she plays Miss Shields, mm-hmm. uh, and she in the cast recording. Annoyingly, she only gets like a line. Yeah. Oh, very frustrating. Our whole That's... song is is cut for some yep. reason, and I can't. I can't work out why. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's weird because. It's not like it's because you know sometimes they'll cut out songs that are like twists. Yeah, do you know what I mean, um, or you know, reveal a huge part of the plot or something like that, or too, or too small. Do you know what right. I mean? Like too chunky. Um, right. This is just a this is just a number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That with I don't know. good lyrics and yep. everything, and it's not in there, and I don't know why, and I can't find out why. I did try and look. Yeah. Um. But I couldn't find out. So again, listeners, let us know. Let us know, Caroline O'Connor. Give yeah. me a call. Let me know what happened. Why is mate. It, it's it's uh, you'll shoot your eye out, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh huh. And it's great. So it's it's on it's in the Tony Awards. Thankfully, it does exist to yeah. be seen by the world. Um, and it was the performance of the Tony Awards. Um, and it's a it's a good it's a crucial song. It's a, it's a crucial it's part. A, it's of the a story. really important song. Like, it's like a, a a you know a quotable line from the movie. Like the line. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. The a Christmas thing. story. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Like, um, very very strange. But anyway, regardless of all this, Caroline O'Connor. So I've been obsessed with her for a while. Yeah. So I'm bad at this. Tell me what else she's been in. So a, a lot, a, not a lot of stuff you'll have seen. This was her okay. first Broadway credit, I think. Okay. Um, she may have done Chicago over there. Well, um, I know has. she did it over here, but she's basically she's a big Fosse woman. She's a big okay. Sondheim woman, um, okay. and they are my two fave things. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> that reacts to give Jimmy being obsessed. <laughs> um, so I think the first time I saw her was, I think it was an all that jazz okay. performance that she did. Or mine hair. It was a fussy one. Anyway, mm. I was just like researching choreography. I was just obsessed with her because she's so like one of my favorite things about Fosse is the the performance that you can put into it as an actor, um, mm. and how it's so much more than just doing moves. It's it's yeah. embracing a character, and she just did that with a plomb, um, awesome. and just just find her so riveting to watch. 
Um, and I think this number in A Christmas Story is a perfect example of how good she is because her, her face is like jelly and her dancing uh, is so on point. Just, and, just wonderful. Uh, she's just, and her yeah. voice is stonking. I just and her think, voice is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't well, know why she's not bigger than what she is. Yeah, I, I mean she's she's still she's still pretty big. Like over here, I think people definitely would recognize her, um, and I think a fair few people would know who she was. But she's not kind of reached the heights of like Ruthie Henshaw or Jenna mm-hmm. Russell or anyone like that. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the the, the shows that she's been in or something. But she's so fantastic, and I want everyone to go out and be obsessed with her too because it's, it's, it's easy <laughs> and to at do. least watch watch her performance on the tonys it'll be in the show notes yeah a hundred percent and then yeah fall into like a youtube poll of caroline o'connor because she's so <laughs> good other great great performance is on um the sondheim 80th uh at the royal albert hall Did you, you seen that? what is what does she sing there <gasps> quite a few things okay uh, I can't remember I, off the top of my head. There are so many Sondheim 80th celebrations. I know. I this is the British one. Confused. This is the British one. So it's not <laughs> the, the one with the big bow, which is the American one. Mm. No, it's Royal Albert Hall. Is the, Roy- the Royal Albert one's the one that's like a big UFO stadium that's like gigantic, right? Yeah, massive, big choir that they finish yeah, with yeah, Sunday yeah, with yeah. Bernie. Got it. Um, yeah. So, so, and oh my god! Uh, yeah, if you've not seen that, go. See I mean, that. I'm I'm sure I have. Yeah, because it's that is an amazing gig. Yeah. I watch that. I watch that a lot. I think I watch that more than is it Carnegie Hall. I like the Carnegie Hall one though because yeah. it has so many. I love. I watch it for the reaction shots from Sondheim. Yeah, I, oh, just, that, I really. What w- what I want is uh, the Carnegie Hall 80th celebration with a tiny little box face cam in the corner, just watching Sondheim the entire time. <laughs> the whole that, thing. That is like, like how, just start falling like asleep. when you watch YouTubers play video games and they put yeah. their little face in the corner. This is what I want, but with Sondheim watching his 80th birthday celebration. I know. I just see that like, <laughs> I did just did a really great see impression. See the times where like he's face palming or like falling asleep. Yeah, I think he'd fall asleep for quite a lot of it. Cause, oh, yeah. you know, he's just like, I've heard this before. Because, yeah, he knows the song. God, he's singing Sunday again. Jesus Sunday. Christ. No, he cries during that. It's great. Aww. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Paul, you should know them. <laughs> I, it's a, I, at this point, it's a running joke on Broadway that I think has finally ended now with Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Pesic and Paul have been like Broadway's upcoming dynamic duo for what feels like at least half a decade. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, like they, so make, the f- they make jokes about them, them in air quotes, in submissions only. Like, Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so absurd to me that they're 
because I feel like you kind of hear them and you're like, yeah, I know Basic Impulse. Aha, uh-huh, cool. Yeah. They did, what, what did they do? And then you you're try like, and think. What did they write? And then yeah. they're like, well, I don't know. Like they haven't written anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not, they've done any, won any award? No. No. Okay. I mean, so they've Do written, <laughs> what have they written? They've written a bunch of so, um, cabaret songs. Yeah, so Edges, a song Edges. cycle, was mm-hmm. their kind of launch, I would yep. say. And they, they kind of sailed on that contemporary musical theatre. They came right at the right time with yep. that, where everyone was starting to, to do them, the kind of post-Jason Robert Brown era, yep, um, yep. which has classics as uh, the Facebook song or um, Caitlin and Emily. Is that mm-hmm. it? Or something like that. Caitlin and Amy, I don't know. Um, They, you know, I mean, it's it's a great little song cycle. Loads of classics in there. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was their, I guess, one of their first things. And then I think next came, well, next came A Christmas Story. Yeah. um, Or certainly was being conjured up somewhere in in the world, uh, in the mm -hmm. regions. Um, And... After that was Dogfight, which dog again, I'm gonna say is you know it's in my top ten. Like yep. it's a sensational show, highly regarded. Um, yeah, yeah. And then James the Giant Peach, which is which... really have you listened to it? It's yeah, really good. Love... Oh, oh my god, I just said Earth. I just I just did a Ralphie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wash your mouth. I just out. did an F dash dash dash. <laughs> Give me some soap. Um, <laughs> but no, I love James the Giant Peach. It's so good. Absolutely it was. Brilliant. And it, it's like it's well written and like adapted to be like a good children's adult or like children's music or TYA piece. Completely. That's so so the, I think the rights have just the amateur rights have just been released. Mm-hmm. So get it done at your local school because it's an the amazing show. Yeah. Do it instead of Willy Wonka. All you yeah. schools out there that want to do Willy Wonka, do James and the Giant Peach instead. Absolutely, like it's such a good show, and I worry that because it, it's it's because it's never been on Broadway. Yeah, it's gonna get lost. It's gonna get lost, but it's it's an, and this is I think this is the like classic tragic tale of basketball. Yeah. Yep. their stuff is there. It's, it's there, incredible. and it just kind of like nobody floats knows about it. Yeah, until <laughs> until now, until now. The so, wonderful dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. So I mean, I'm so conflicted, Tommy. What are you conflicted about? Because I I know who I'm gunning for. Yeah, right? between it, Dear Evan Hansen and Comet. Uh-huh. And it's, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so annoyed because it's going to be a close ball. run. I, it's going to be so close. And but I mean, I am gunning. I am gunning for Mr. Yeah. Malloy. And I I, Comet, but. I think neither will sweep. I think it's going to be a nice split mm. down the middle. Definitely. But when it comes to best score, yeah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I I I bet you. Um, Great Comet will win best score. I mean, this is dangerous for me to for me to put this out there, but I think Great Comet will win best score because Dear Evan Hansen has a good score, but it is uh-huh. not innovative. It is not anything. It's stuff we've heard before, and this is how Tony voters vote. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, there is a magnet towards the new. Yeah. I think where Great Comet might get stuck is, and I'm seeing some of this and some of the internet chatter already, is mm-hmm. people qualifying it as kind of like low stakes, um, which is a weird way to put it. I got a Twitter message about this, which I, I've been mulling around in my head for a little bit about uh-huh. someone alleging that Great Comet feels very low stakes. From a certain what perspective. Do you, what do you mean by low stakes? Like, who cares? Oh, they're in love, but then they're in love over here, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a flying F? Especially when compared oh. to the plot of Dear Evan Hansen. Right. The, the like, core plot of Dear Evan Hansen in our greater world is much more important than uh-huh. the plot of Great Comet. But you don't go to Great Comet 
for the, the plot. plot. You go to I it know. for the production, right? And also, I know again. I mean, let's not, I mean, if, right. You're, you you know, know you're, you might as well have Greg Kama tattooed across your forehead. I know. I'm gonna get it done. It's a Christmas <laughs> present. Um, but like. It, because again, so I've been obsessing over Dust and Ashes because I want to prepare it and put it on my rep because Naturally. it's an amazing song. And it's like a getting to know the character of Pierre uh-huh. so much deeper. Yeah. Um, no English. Uh, it, it's so interesting to just w- think about the themes of the show. And I feel like that's yeah. what Great Comet is. is it's that like, is what Great Comet is. I, and I'm just, I would agree that the, pl- that the love story is just uh, Jane Austen. Yeah, like the, the surface level plot does not have high stakes, but the way it is presented yes. makes it the most important thing in the world. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I understand that, I mean, I've not seen Dear Evan Hansen, but everything yeah. I've read and everyone I've said, blah, 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 that it is extremely relevant. Yes, it is, it is very relevant. relevant. It, the surface level plot is mm-hmm. much more high stakes than the surface level plot of the Great yeah. Comet. So I, I wonder if in that case mm-hmm. they'll win book. They could. It also I mean it makes it more accessible too, which is dangerous, right? Uh-huh. More, you know, if people buy into Dear Evan Hansen faster than they buy into Great Comet. Yeah. And like we we operate, I think, sometimes under this false assumption that everyone who goes to see a play is someone looking at the you know the intricacies of all of its construction, like we do. I know, I know. <laughs> People who go to see this are like New York tourists, like, yeah. and not to put down New York tourists, I am one from time to time, but yeah. uh, it's you know surface level's good sometimes. Yeah, totally. But I, I, I guess that's it because if if it wins book, it's not Pacing and Paul that are winning. It's, it's right. Whoever wrote the book. Um, So I don't know. I'm so conflicted, and I don't ever want to be in this position because I think this is going to be this is going to be their chance because it's not just a little one-off fixed-term show. It is, uh, you know, a very strong. It will play for quite a while. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. So maybe I'll just like I don't know vote for in transit. Because really, that's what <laughs> we all do that. do what that. we all love. Um, Moral of the story: the long-running joke that Pasek and Paul have been floating underneath and have never made it doesn't work anymore because their musical's doing great right now. Exactly, exactly. And that's like, please, if you've not, if you've not kind of dug into them before, please yeah. go and do it because everything they've written is extremely high quality. Yeah. You've probably heard their songs in Smash. Yes, of course, Smash. I they, love Smash. They haven't written all of them, but they've written a bunch. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Um, La La Land, oh, which I'm is so, out I'm over there. I'm so excited to see it. It's in a limited release across the US right now. Excellent. Uh, it's La La Land is an upcoming musical movie with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yep. And it from the trailers, it looks like it harkens back to like the MGM golden age of musicals yeah. like tap dance and singing both in content and style yeah well i've seen i saw a quote from someone ignorant who was saying that <laughs> this will be the thing that makes musical theater relevant again yeah and like not that it's not real it's certainly relevant to us but exactly it seems but like i understand what they mean because right. it's a you know a worldwide cinema release so yeah exactly um yeah. it looks so good i'm so excited yeah very very excited to see it so everything that they've done mm. is great everything they've very touched few, to gold very 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 few people can say that yep not let's even... also we we cannot forget i think maybe their highest achievement have you heard yes. of this uh, the song "Get Back Up Again" from the film Trolls. Um, I haven't seen Trolls yet, <laughs> and I won't. So tell me more. 
<laughs> I know nothing about this. <laughs> Could you perform it? It's just something I know they wrote. Um, so wait, did they do the music for Trolls as well? They wrote a song for Trolls. Run so-, so not the Justin Timberlake song? No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's great, though. I'm, I'm sure, sure it's, it's the best great. one in the, I'm, the, in the I'm, film. I, like, I want to go listen to it now. <laughs> Absolutely. Still won't see it, though. Still but, won't see Trolls, no. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, please go obsess about them. Follow them on Twitter. They've actually got quite a good Twitter. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's... And they just need to be known. Like, they really yep. need to be known because they're doing yeah. wonderful they, they things. They deserve your attention. Yeah. I mean, we might be preaching to the choir here and every single one of who listens like, is like, I know, Pisick and Paul, I get yeah. it. But I, I feel like we've not had many people be like, oh, can you do this? Can you, do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, come on, guys. Yeah. Get on it. It will change your life. Especially Dogfight. <laughs> one of my favourites. So good. Um, now, you've written here, is uh-huh. this musical their sound? So oh, that was capitals I, and italics. So this, is, so this, I think Pasek and Paul have a very contemporary musical theater sound that is very specific to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, to an extent, now you can listen to a Pasek and Paul song and kind of know it in the same way you can listen to a Sondheim song and kind of know it. Yeah. Um, a Christmas Story. I think maybe being early on in their career. I think maybe being based on a movie with a with a really core motif. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound as much like their music as the rest of this stuff does. Mm. You know, the a Christmas story throughout kind of has this very good, but like generic musical theater sound, which I think is very Christmassy. Like I think the Christmas carol, pop Christmas jazz, Frank Sinatra, big band sort of Christmas style uh-huh. is a thing in the culture. Like that's what Christmas music sounds like. And is very reminiscent of that generic show tune style. Yeah. Um, you know, big horns, big brass, like resolving on the one, like mm-hmm. real, really, real a really, really full orchestration. Like it really, no stone yep. is unturned. Yep. Um, a, like predictable chord progressions, but in, in a good way, in like a uh-huh. friendly way, in a satisfying way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Which yeah. is not some of their other stuff. And you still hear bits and pieces. Like I think their, their lyricism, um, throughout, like what it almost barely, nearly, whatever, counting down to Christmas, yep. like that is very Pesic and Paul, um, and that is where their style shines through. But in some Definitely. of the orchestrations and some of like the music, music, it is not quite the style they've developed mm-hmm. into yet. But what I would say though is, I wonder because I think they're very good, and if because yeah. you know some of the edges came before this, I wonder if that is a, a purposeful thing. I wonder if they've been like, you know. This is, we're trying to capture a, yep. an era, so uh, let's write in this style. I think that is a legit justification. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it feels like a chosen motif, not yeah. a stumbled into motif. Exactly. Because there, like, there are little moments, like for example, in um, like Major Award, yeah. it, like the ending of that, they do some really crunchy stuff. Like yep. to be honest, let's just, I think they're the masters of harmony at the moment. Yeah. I don't think anyone writes better harmonies than Pace no. and Paul, who yeah. are working at the moment. Um, and what was that like in Dear Evan Hansen, if you can remember? Like, oh, it's great. Um, yeah. As, it's like. There in in Dear Evan Hansen, they have control over it in such great ways. There are songs in that that sound like traditional musical theater songs, but uh-huh. they're using the motif to be satirical. Like right. they do all sorts of wonderful things of crunching the form into different ways. Yeah. Um. And the the wonderful, beautiful, like, uh, um, unexpected harmonies. Like it's. It's good. They got okay, it. Okay, that's good. They that's, to- that's they thing totally is, it's unexpected it. harmony. Yeah. Just, it's, 
you know, it's like, you know that way if you're like playing about in a piano, you're like, what sounds good? And then you hit one, it's like they go four more. Right, And then exactly. you're like, aha, yeah, and you're like, here it is. I don't know. Yeah. You know, us, us music theater plebs, or yeah. uh, music theory plebs, no idea how that works. But you're like, oh yeah, that does sound good, but I never right. would have thought of it. Right, exactly. It's so, they're so, ex- and that's why I find really exciting. Yeah. Because I love a crunchy harmony, like yeah, something that's really surprising. Well, and combined surprising. with really solid clever lyrics like i always just love the um the is it somewhere over indiana where they list yep. off all the different rhyming illinois towns which yep. i love just on a personal note um, right uh-huh. but, but like no, completely like their lyrics are so and again and, and you'll shut your eye out there's so many great little moments yep um and it's it, you know it's rhyming it's playing with words yeah. it's it's doing all the things that and just and the use of musical motif on like underscoring everything the number of times you hear the like somewhere over Indiana melody yeah. line just in and underscoring like that it's great and it's it's so like oh yeah and now I like it's it's perfect it's how uh-huh. you should write musical theater songs definitely and yeah the way that they capture the wild like this that sound of the wild west and yeah. ralphie to the rescue yeah. and even just you know you don't need a day you sound like you're on the yeah. frontiers and you're on your horse and you're ready yep. to go like yep. it's it's so they're just extremely talented yeah, they're really really good they they get the form and this this is i mean this is what we've been saying where things like Hamilton and Great Comet are breaking the form, are breaking yeah. out of the form. Pasek and Paul are masters of the form. Yeah. They are doing new things, but like inside the lines. I completely, think. completely. And they are so young. They're so young. They have a lot more writing in them. 31 years old, Tommy. Yeah. I mean, That's this is why they're still... Older than they're me. still... <laughs> yeah, what have we done with our lives? Um... <laughs> We've made a moderately successful internet podcast. Thank you very much. Darn right. As opposed um, to those textual podcasts, or you yeah. know, the ones you buy in books. Yeah. And also, they do everything themselves. The composer, yeah. lyricist, together. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're they're really oh, good. We want yeah. we want to hear more from you, Basic and Paul. Always. Exactly. Yeah. Always. Like, I can't wait. It's like, oh my god, it's the new Basic and Paul. Yeah. Like that's the way I feel. Yep. Can't wait yeah. to hear their first flop. It'll be great. <laughs> no, I don't think it'll ever happen. It'll never happen. Yeah. Maybe they'll Everyone just like, stop. <laughs> Maybe Everyone, they'll, like, has gamble. Everyone has well, a flop. They're they're four four or five in? Five in? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I mean, how much how how long before Merrily happened with Sondheim? That was five or six, right? That wasn't his first flop though. Anyone could whistle. That was I early. Guess that's true. That uh, he was figured that as a kind Flop. Le Manuel <laughs> only took him two shows. That's true. And then That's flop. true. That's true. Basic ball, right and they're, high. I, I think I think they're just they're just testing the water. They're like they're waiting. They're 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 pushing it. <laughs> they're waiting to make their flop. They're like they're waiting. Let's do the flop now. <laughs> the captain is smirking, cause hungry sharks are lurking, starving for a snack. <laughs>
I live America. in America. You live in the UK. America. Yeah. We, we, we've talked about how this movie doesn't play on UK television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's cool to me that it, you know, you get it. And I know that's a silly thing to say. Like, of course, there is humor in here that transcends cultural bounds. Like, that's yeah, a silly yeah, yeah. thing to even insinuate. But there is a lot of this musical that is so core to, like, the American dream and the American experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's, I mean, did you, did you feel that? Did you feel ostracized by any parts of this movie? Or did no, it feel American? Or like, it, I mean, it felt American because it's there's lots of american things but there's so much stuff that i was like yeah i've had that exact same experience yeah. do you know what i mean we don't eat meatloaf but we <laughs> you know do have boilers that break yeah. you know like that's that's yeah. the kind but of like, thing that's I going mean, on it's it's basically the story of a kid asking for a gun for christmas yeah how more american I mean, can you get yeah no completely but i think it's you know a it's a bb gun we right. used to have BB gun. like back in those days. We I guess that's true. Had that, and that would just be yeah the the kind of thing. And it's it feels just like it, to me. I'm not like oh my god, it's all about guns. I don't right. ever think that. Yeah. Um, but, but even then, it's not. It's also not just a gun. It's a Red Rider carbine action BB gun. Like mm-hmm. the, it, this is a cowboy gun. This is yeah, a, you know that, cowboy defending the frontier kind of gun. Uh, that's to me what it more feels like. Is like oh, I can't wait to have this so I can role play. You right. know, um, this, and like every core kid American. can relate to that. Yeah. You know, wanting that true. that one toy. Yeah. Um, so I think it's completely relatable, and there's, yeah. I don't think there's anything that is too American about it. Okay, do you know what I mean? Even yeah. though it's so, because obviously being in the Midwest, right, you can't get more American. You can't get. I mean, this is. Um, oh, have okay. I talked to you about my um, John Hughes paradox? The John Hughes paradox. <laughs> by no. Tommy. no. So you know John Hughes, um, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Cool. Um, sixteen candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've got me. You've got me. Yeah, you know, but like all of these, National Lampoon. Yeah. Um, Pretty in Pink, because uh, he also he wrote the screenplay for Home Alone. Um, because John Hughes grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, in Illinois, in the Midwest. Uh-huh. So many of these movies have a Midwest tinge to them. Right. But it's just a tinge it's not like you know we are in the midwest with our midwest hospitality like it just uh-huh. happens to be in middle america yeah. and to an extent i feel like john hughes invented the contemporary depiction of middle america with some of these uh brat pack movies um, uh-huh. and the the paradox of the john hughes mu- movie i grew up in John Hughes territory. Like, I have visited some of the high schools that, um, oh, what the name is it? What's the name? Uh, I've visited some of the high schools that The Breakfast Club takes place in. Yeah. Like, this is just my upbringing. And then I see these movies on television and elsewhere, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what all of America is like. Uh-huh. That is how I have generalized all of America. And it's just not true. Arizona doesn't look like that. California doesn't look like that. You know, right. the suburbs of New York don't look like that. And I think there's some of that going on in A Christmas Story, too, is that it is this generalized America, but is also a big part of my core story. Because... This is also just my actual experience. It feels hard. This is the John Hughes paradox. I can never 
fully understand what it feels like to watch this kind of movie from the outside. To right. experience this kind of story from a place not having lived in basically this kind of house uh-huh. in, you know, n- northwest Illinois. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... Northeast Illinois. To me, uh-huh. I, I don't know, like, to me, it just, it feel it almost, I guess it feels less American because it's okay. not set in New York. Yeah. You know? But, and it, because it feels much more like, because I look at that and I'm like, well, if we had some more snow, uh-huh. then it would be the same, you know? The be. cars might be on the other side of the road, but... But that's about it's it. all the same. Like you know, we have backyards and houses and yeah. schools, and but you know, <laughs> like yeah. we have all of these normal things in our suburbs too. Um, and in that respect, and it's the same because it's the same with a lot, like with these John Hughes films. Mm-hmm. You find that because it's not grand and huge, right. and these characters that are sailing way higher than any of us could ever imagine, they're just yeah. normal people. Um, yeah. I think that's why they're so relatable and that's why they're so, you know, you get nostalgic and you get kind of obsessed Mm -hmm. and fixated on them. Because, you know, Ferris Bueller, Brexit, like they are cult hits, like they are smashes. Um, And I think it's because people can see themselves in it, you know? They just can kind of generalize it. It's it's fascinating to me that the Midwest has become that. Exactly. But I think it's interesting because almost what we're kind of talking about with Oklahoma that we, we breached on. Yeah. Um, breached, broached, something. something. Um, the, it's the holidays. My brain has switched off. So you'll be getting <laughs> no cohesion for me. Um, but th- this idea of, you know, we're talking about the generalized Midwest and yeah. the people who are out there and uh, don't have correct representation and things like that. Yeah. I feel like this just being a classic family story about a normal family mm-hmm. in Normalsville normal illinois which is a place in illinois that was a well done that was a good segue you know what normal illinois is right next to that's in this musical bloomington um but i think they're talking about bloomington indiana zooming into bloomington yeah zooming into bloomington Um, um but it's 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 just i don't know it's just so it's so related it's just it's just normal it's just yeah it's a good slice yeah i don't know that's so interesting to me because it is. I mean, I wrote this here too. This is, you know, a Christmas story is a story of the American dream, both as a child and as an adult. But mm-hmm. like, lit- uh, the American dream as a child, the American dream as a child is to get a Red Rider carbine action BB gun for Christmas. Absolutely, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's it. That you know epitomizes the journey of a lot of middle class suburban children in the United States. Yeah, completely. And completely. It, this movie captures it. Totally. What was your Red Rider carbon action BB gun? Oh God, um, I was always, I was always excited about video game systems. Oh really? Yeah. Your first N sixty four. I got an N sixty four for my birthday when oh, I was gosh. maybe ten. Brilliant. Um, which was lots of fun. And then we had a sleepover and played Mario Party one all night long. Incredible. It was great. I just Incredible. saw Mario Party two came back to the virtual console and I'm like I could. I could do. I could either pull up my N sixty four from the basement or just push this button and get yeah, it in exactly. slightly more HD. <laughs> you know, um, what was yeah? This? I N sixty four again. Like I just, yeah. I still can vividly remember opening it with my brother, 
yep. shaking and being like, oh my God. And then playing Mario 64 and yep. um, like my life was changed at that point. I became yeah. a fan of Nintendo and a gamer. And from that point on, yep. I, I mean, am it's me. not, you know, our, our ambitions are not that different from Ralphie. We want this device that's going to let us, you know, transport ourselves through imagination to another land and pretend yeah. to be someone else. Completely. It's a dream of the child. Absolutely. Oh, what? Well, let us know, listeners. What was your red, red, red What was your red Raider carbon action BB gun? We and did you shoot your eye out with it? Did exactly. you shoot your eye out with your N sixty four? Um, no. I, I just had to think there, just in case. I but. did. I did injure myself two days later. Mario Party one. All those like with the you had to rotate the joystick with the palm of your hand, and uh-huh, you get little uh-huh. blisters on the palm of your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Callus in my thumb. You'll rub your palm out. Yeah. Christmas story. It was. It was a Christmas story. Wasn't you feel it festive, T? I always feel festive. Just like Mariah Carey. Just like what? I think she said it's on, it's on a it's on a GIF somewhere. I've started saying GIF again instead of GIF because I've I've been told it's GIF. It. it I'm. This is a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> cool. It's on a GIF somewhere or GIF or Mariah Carey. Anyway, um. So. Uh, we don't have a quiz question for you this time around. We have around. a quiz! A quiz! With a Merry prize! Merry Christmas! Yeah, a prize, literally a giveaway. Yeah. An actual is giveaway. Is this a game We're show? Do- it is now. Do, 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 do. do you have the prices right in the UK? Probably not. Um, uh, we have an equivalent, yeah. Bruce's prices right. <laughs> I don't think it's on I can't TV believe anymore. it's not the prices right. You have the margarine of the prices right. Ours is. Great. <laughs> Jimmy so. was so offended. Anyway. Um, yep. So uh, what we have for y'all is an overtures quiz. A quiz. So, you know, like in a pub quiz. Overtures. Yeah, yeah. Of overtures. Um, you <laughs> it's know, like, like Yeah. In a pub quiz when you do like a music round and they mash them all up together. And you got to write There's down that. all of them. It's that. Um, exactly. And if you're in a pub right now, it's actually a pub quiz. Maybe go listen to it in a pub to give Maybe. you that feeling. Probably. Only if people you're over do. 21 slash Go sit in a pub all by yourself, listen to a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, We've prepared so, 20 overtures. 20? Is there even that many? I didn't realize that. They, um, that's all the overtures in the world. All of exactly. them. Exactly. They're all there. Here's, here's your answer. No. Um, <laughs> some, are, some are easy. Some, some are some are not. Yes. Um, and at the end of this episode, after we do all of our other stuff, you'll hear them all played, all 20 of them, just exact a couple amundo. seconds. Exact amundo. Um, and we are going to give a prize, a grand smashing prize um, of Stephen Sondheim shape. 
This is a Stephen Sondheim shaped prize. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to the person who can name the most. Yes. And if more than one person names all of them, we're going to pick out of a hat someone. Yep. Finishing the hat. No, Finishing the hat. hat joke there. Um, more, more businessy stuff. If you if you want to list these, please either direct message us on Twitter. That's at Jim and Tomic, T-O-M-I-C. Or yep. send us an email. Our email is jimandtomic at gmail.com. Or you can use the contact form on our website, jimandtomic.com. Um, exactly. Listing all of the musicals. In order? <laughs> uh, well, uh, order would be helpful. But, order would you be know, helpful. Yeah, yeah an order. An order. There's 20. You know, if if you finish them. the thing and you didn't un- end up with 20, you missed some. Exactly. Because that way we avoid guessing. <laughs> yeah, no guessing. Guess. Can't just guess. You gotta know. And if you... And if you send us more than 20 musicals, we're going to scornfully shake our finger at you. And then disqualify. You're going to fail. You're going to fail Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour for the trimester. And you will have fun doing it. (laughs) No, it it should be fun. It should be fun. It should be fun. It will expand your musical horizon. Yeah, we we had fun making this quiz. Absolutely. I love an overture. Who doesn't love an overture? So stay tuned. So get in touch. Get in touch. Yeah. The musical, the overtures will be after us. Um, exactly. I'm Tommy. I'm at Musical Mash on Twitter or Musical Theater Mash uh, on YouTube. And I am Jimmy. And I am at Asim Hendrix on Twitter and YouTube. And as we said, our show Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Direct message us those musicals or email us jimandtomic at gmail.com or on our website jimandtomic.com itself where you will also find the show notes to this podcast um, where you will find lots of lovely links and also a link to our Reddit discussion where we will where be chatting I've Ben, aren't about... you so proud of me? He has returned, ladies and gentlemen I'm getting I'm getting better It was great and some beautiful bit advice bit. was given Go that witness that, hey, give him an upvote Give him an upvote Give, give me him a or... gold Ooh, ooh, why not? Take that karma <laughs> Panda uh, <laughs> uh, it would be swell if you could go and tell all your friends mm-hmm. um, all give about them, this podcast. Give them the holiday gift of a podcast. Hey, I got this podcast you like. I didn't even need to wrap it. Here, Jim exactly. and Thomas Musical Theater Happy Hour, wherever you find podcasts. Play the Overtures game with your friends. Do it. Drinking game. Holiday game, if you're over 21. Every time you get one right, have a drink of eggnog. Every time you get one wrong, take a drink. Yeah. Hooray. Um... <laughs> And we'll see you next year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Hugs and kisses. Have a good one. (laughs) Okay, are you ready? Then I'll begin with number one. Number two. Number three.
Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Number eight. Number nine. Number ten. Number eleven. Number Number thirteen. Number fourteen. Number fifteen. 
Number sixteen. Number seventeen. Number eighteen. Number nineteen. And finally, number twenty. And that's that. Good luck. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.